Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, everybody. This is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Just a heads up, this episode was initially recorded way back in 2017. Or maybe it was 2018, depending on the episode you're listening to. Who knows? But in case you're wondering what the hell is going on... What we're doing here at Pretty Scary and Conspiracy, the show, is releasing some of the back episodes that we've been sitting on for the past couple years that used to be Patreon only. Sure, the stuff you're about to hear about is a couple years old, but the episode's new to you if you've been listening for free. If you want to hear new episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy, the show, subscribe on Patreon. There will be two new episodes every single month of both of those shows and you get bonus episodes of all the other podcasts that i co-host and a bunch of other good stuff for just five dollars a month it's the only place to hear new episodes of pretty scary and conspiracy the show that said maybe you can't afford to subscribe maybe you don't want to give me money maybe you can't afford it and just don't want to hey that's fine i understand for you we'll still be putting out episodes you haven't heard before they'll just be some of the older episodes from the early Patreon days and the early ConnectPal days. Anyone remember that? I certainly don't. Anyway, patreon.com slash unpops for new episodes of Pretty Scary and Conspiracy the Show, bonus episodes of all the podcasts I co-host, and lots of other stuff. Give us more money. We'll send you a birthday card or something. Anyway, let's get to the show. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Connor McSpadden. We're going to blow your goddamn minds today. This is a good one. This is a crazy, crazy story that I had never, despite... How much I've looked into Vladimir Putin. Yeah. I never really looked into how he came to power. And this boy, is, is it terrifying. This is like when you click one of those things where it's like 10 things you never knew about the original Star Wars. And you're like, I bet I know all these things. And you're like, what? Kenny Baker was a heroin addict or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is. You're just like, wow, I didn't. I, this one's actually pretty juicy. And uh, I think you, you yeah. may be surprised to learn it. Yeah, this... This, what we're talking about today, everything you hear about Putin murdering journalists, all of that shit is mostly tied to this. Yeah. It's pretty fucking crazy. Me and Connor will probably be murdered in this Los one. This one has like, oh, I would, that would, how cool would that be? Uh, yeah, I still, I still fantasize about going public with what me and Vanessa Gritton heard about Suge Knight once. <laughs> and, you, and, and you've never disclosed it? This, no, 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 no. Oh, you have to tell. You, you don't tell me that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> I'm going to be to- tortured this entire... Connor seems so distant. I was just, yeah, I was just like, oh, my is it? I thought I already told you. Maybe you did. I'll tell you again after. All right, we will, yeah. I yeah. will not put it I don't want, on I don't want to make audio. you edit it. Yeah, we don't even want to <laughs> say it now and forget to cut it out I'm going to edit his name out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I think people know. Yeah, who knows? 
But we're talking about the Russian apartment bombings, which is basically Russia's 9-11. I didn't realize. Yeah. But it, it happened in and September. It's, it's just barely things. avoided happening on September 11th. It's one of these things where it's like you, you just... Just by virtue of the fact that they don't happen in, in your country and you don't have your own like kind of civic like pride and feelings tied, like there was there, there's just been a lot of terrorism that you probably just didn't really know about. You yeah, know? yeah, it's it was like not a new idea. I thought you know being a kid or like you know even teenager, just like yeah, that was like you know there's probably other couple like little you know suicide backpacks or whatever. But nine eleven that was the invention of terrorism in my mind. You know, <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, this shit has been around forever. And this was 1999 at a point when we were still like, hey, Russia. Is our friend now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nothing to worry about. Clinton and, and fucking what's his name? Squash the beef. Yeah, Boris Yeltsin. Just Boris Yeltsin. That's stumbling it. around the world stage like a lovable drunk. Yeah, yeah. But as it turned Reagan out, Reagan and old Spothead made some progress. <laughs> Boris Yeltsin was uh, what I didn't I didn't realize how corrupt Boris Yeltsin was. He yeah, because he was a uh, he, he. There was all this drama with his cabinet, and it was just kind of like a thing, almost like the. The Teapot Dome scandal where this dude just had a bunch of fucking dummies and crooks in there. Yeah. Yeah. And it that all ties into the Russian apartment bombings. Yes. Which, if you've never heard of them, it was a series of explosions that hit four different apartment blocks in the Russian cities of Buynaksk, <laughs> Moscow. Which is, apparently, I think, a Klingon embassy. <laughs> exactly. Buynaksk. And Volgodonsk. In September 1999. Which, again, sounds like an alien word for a big butt. Yeah, that's <laughs> always my least favorite thing about a Russia episode of anything. It's like, oh, oh it's here like, come these fucking names, My man. fucking, my, my fat American mouth is not in the proper <laughs> shape to hit all these consonants. Uh, 293 people were killed and more than 1,000 injured. That's a lot. Numbers on the board. Yeah, that yeah. is putting up some numbers. The bombs hit Buyanovsk on September 4th, Moscow on the 9th and 13th. In Volgodonsk on September 16th. So it was a whole whole bombing week. It was a campaign. Yeah. And then there was a fifth device that was similar to those used in the first four bombings that was found and defused in an apartment block in the city of Ryazan on September 22nd. Yes. And that is where the controversy starts. Uh, for one thing, diffused is a very important word. Yeah, there's a situation where they're like, all right, maybe four was enough. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we could have gotten this maybe. shit done with one and a half or two. Yeah, maybe we pushed it. Yeah. Uh, and the bombings did stop after that fifth one. Yeah. There were no more. Uh, the next day, Putin went on television and praised the inhabitants of Ryazan for their vigilance, then went on national television again to tell the country that the Chechens were responsible for the bombings and that bombings in Chechnya would commence shortly, and they did. This was basically the start of the Second Chechen War. And this is basically the incident that got Putin elected president Yeah, he was just Russia. kind of like a, a lifelong civil servant character. Yeah, he was... They describe him... There's a really good documentary about this called Blowing Up Russia that you can find on YouTube, and they describe him at that point in history as a faceless statesman. Yeah. And he had very little chance of winning the upcoming election, but he was very closely tied to the Yeltsin administration. And Yeltsin 
as opposed to letting the opposition party take power and maybe arrest him or try him for his crimes, he would much rather prefer Putin get elected. Yeah. And that forms basically the genesis of the Russian apartment bombing scandal. Yeah, it does. It does seem like with Russia and even Putin doing this himself, where he had a uh, Dmitry Medvedev yeah. uh, in for a minute before he came back. It's just like in Russia, it seems like when you're when you're in power, you're like, all right, shit's getting hot. I got to slide in a fucking <laughs> a cardboard cutout that I'm going to talk behind, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, until shit cools down. And then this time, it seems like the cutout went rogue. <laughs> yeah, the cutout went. You very kind of rogue. underestimated this guy. You thought he was the, just this kind of boring ass, just by the book John Kerry of of Russia, but he had his uh, his, his whole other agenda, and you know, yeah. as 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 we've seen, just a uh, a lot of plans before they made him prime minister which happened not before he not long before he was elected president he actually ran the fsb which stands for where is it federal security service obviously yeah uh he ran that's basically the successor of the kgb yeah it's the new kgb basically and he ran that for about a year before they made him prime minister and the fsb very much ties into the russian apartment bombings so the Kind of the, the broad picture of this theory is that Putin planned and helped execute, or at least planned and ordered the bombings of these Russian apartment buildings and blamed it on Chechnya as a pretense for going to war with Chechnya and bolstering his status and prestige among voters yeah and thus getting elected to the presidency you know and it's like almost like this like speech where he praises their vigilance after they defuse that fight but that's almost like his like eight mile verse where he's just been working on this shit for years yeah it's a big moment you know yeah if you watch that documentary they show they have clips of him like walking in to give that he's got a really weird walk where only he one does yeah only one arm moves it's very he's like walks like michael jordan it's crazy yeah 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 I don't know. I, I hadn't noticed that, but that does make sense. But it's almost one of these things where it's like you, you, you see him and you're like, oh, like, like it, it almost creeps you out. It makes you sort of skeptical when you read about this shit because you're like, is this person just rising to the moment and, and uniting a country after this happens? You know, or was or was uh, William Winston Churchill just like, all right, blood, teal, toils, and toils, tears, and sweat, <laughs> and that'll be great, and I'm going to fucking pound my podium here and then it'll look like real sincere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh, oh i thought you were just like a someone rising to greatness in the in light of this horrible tragedy but this, you, this was all cooked up in a lab <laughs> you know this was like you, you did with like terrorism and the legislation and military action what music producers did with kesha to just all right it's gonna be uh, i don't know it's got to be rebecca black the song's about friday like it's all kind of like manufactured and, and, and yeah yeah cooked up it's weird yeah his and it worked like he the he was elected. He his popularity shot up. Same thing that happened with Bush after nine eleven. His yeah. approval ratings were through the roof. It's, even a, though he gave the worst fucking speech ever after nine eleven happened. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, it was good I, enough. In, in that book I read about, him, they called it the awful oval speech. Yeah. Right after it happened, and there's a funny ass uh, line from Bush when they're interviewing him as, as leaving office, and they're like, "What's it like being the least popular president in history?" And he's like, "I was also the most popular president, but no one ever asked me about that," <laughs> which is a good line. That is a great line. The official Russian investigation into the bombings was completed in 2002 and concluded that all the bombings were organized and led by Akhamez Gochayev, who remains at large and was ordered by Islamist warlords Abin al-Khattab and Abu Omar al-Saif, who have both been killed, of course. Yep. And five other suspects have been killed and six have been convicted by Russian courts on terrorism-related charges. 
So in that way, it seems like a very cut and dry thing. If you, yeah. which we talked about this beforehand, if you're living in Russia, you probably want to believe the official explanation of this. Oh, of course. And it's just like, yeah, if you're Lyndon B. Johnson and you're just like, yeah, the Warren Commission, I don't know, just say that this was just one guy. Yeah. We, we can't fucking deal with this on top of everything else. The But the Ryazan incident was, I didn't realize how free Russia was under Yeltsin. Yeah. Because there were a lot of questions around the Ryazan bombing to the point that one of the most fascinating things in that documentary to me are all the clips from that, like, it looks like the set of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all the residents of the Ryazan apartment complex basically arguing with FSB agents about the circumstances of this bombing. Yeah, on television. And you're like, wow, this is what a uh, fucking forward-thinking event yeah. to, to, to put on your airwaves, Russia. Good for you. And then they do bring up at one point in the documentary that this was all happening when Russia was a much more free place. Yeah. And once Putin took over, he cracked down on that shit really hard. So what what you see in that documentary would not happen in Russia today. But it's fascinating. They There are a lot of really good questions about the bombing at Ryazan that was thwarted. And it, the, the part that, so we we'll, we'll go through the Ryazan incident. Yeah. Uh, basically this is the, the sequence of events at around eight thirty PM on September 22nd, a resident in a nearby apartment building noticed two suspicious men accompanied by an also shady looking woman carrying shady woman. <laughs> carrying three large sacks into the basement of another another building from a car with a Moscow license plate. And even that part's really interesting. They bring up in the documentary that yes, the front license plate had numbers indicating it was from Moscow. But then the back license plate had a piece of paper taped over it to make it seem like it was a car from Ryazan, mm -hmm. which uh, that comes up in that documentary. He, this guy alerts police, but by the time the police arrive, the suspects were gone. The police go down into the basement. They find three sacks of white powder in the basement, each weighing around 110 pounds. There's a detonator and timer attached to the bags, and the timer is set for 5.30 in the morning, which that part is especially awful, because you know Waking somebody up at 5.30. That, definitely. <laughs> and just the fact that they're setting it for a time when most people are going to be home. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So everyone's going to be that home. Is smart in, terrorism. <laughs> in bed, maximize casualties. That's yeah. a really insidious detail. And... Yuri, oh, here we go. Yuri <laughs> Takachenko, that I'm sure I don't pronounce that T. It's immediately followed this the, by a this K. This is why we never hear about these stories in the West. <laughs> We're just like, I don't fucking know your Looney Tune ass <laughs> names, guys. I'm glad you're dead. Like everybody, you just give up. So Yuri was the head of the local bomb squad. He defused the bomb and tested the sacks. Hey, hey, they tested positive for traces of RDX you might remember from the Chronic album. Yeah, yes. Obviously. And it's also a military explosive used in all the previous bombings. So at that point, all the bombings are linked. Yeah. And Abu Bakr al-Funkmaster Flex had uh, <laughs> pledged to drop a bomb on them. And it's at this point that Putin thanks the town 
for a job well done. His quote was, if the sacks which proved to contain explosives were noticed, that means there is a positive side to it. If only the fact that the public is reacting correctly to the events taking place in our country today. I'd like to thank the public. No panic. No sympathy for the bandits. So that's basically Putin saying, good job defusing that bomb. Yeah, if you see something, say something. Yeah. And the fact that he recognizes it as a bomb that was defused is very important. Yeah. Later that evening, which fucking welcome to Russia with this part. A telephone service employee in Ryazan just tapped into a long-distance phone call, (laughs) kind of at will, uh, and overheard three out-of-towners talking about how they needed to split up and make their own way out of town. And with this bombing just being thwarted, obviously, that's cause for concern. Yeah, he was like, oh, I should report this, of course. So he notifies authorities, and the number is traced to a telephone exchange unit Serving the FSB offices. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And they, the authorities in Ryazan eventually track these three people down. And when they arrest them, they all produce FSB identification cards. So basically, the people who planted these bombs were FSB agents. Yeah. And Moscow eventually steps in and says, no, you have to let them go. Yeah. And that's basically the end we... The, the last we hear of those three. And on September 24th, FSB director Nikolai Petrushev announced that the exercise was carried out to test responses after the earlier blast. And that becomes basically the official explanation for what happened in Ryazan. So we're just trying to make sure you guys are paying attention. We, yeah. we can't stop all this terrorism alone. We're running drills. <laughs> it's just a drill. And the yeah. thing is... Covert operations happen without the knowledge of the public. Yeah. Drills don't. No. Like, drills... Russia is very open about when they run drills. We sometimes worry about them turning into actual wars. Like, that's a very common thing. And Russia, as lawless as it is, at least at this time, you couldn't do that. You couldn't have a drill involving the actual public without notifying the public. And these were live... live explosives with real timers and everything you know that was at first what was reported and then the government when they changed their when they came out and when this, said when that, this got leaked they're like oh no they were just they were fake you yeah, know? It was, yeah it was uh, something else so you have one day putin saying good job thwarting this bombing and the next day someone coming out and going no 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 no, no. it was a training exercise putin would have known if that was a training exercise the day before yeah there's no mystery in that. Like, if anyone's going to know, Putin's going to know. Of course, in a time of national duress, you're going to keep him. That's going to be in his daily briefing, you know? Yeah. It's like if you're doing this goofy-ass idea to make sure that people are paying attention, like, you know. Yeah. And what great timing to yeah. launch an exercise about planting bombs somewhere when the country's actively being bombed. It's like, that would not fucking happen. No. And, but people just kind of went along with it. It... Uh, like we said, if you watch this documentary, there's this whole fucking televised public forum where everyone who lived in the Ryazan building uh, questions these FSB agents. And they're just like, nope, it's an exercise. Mm-hmm. Like at some points, they change their story on that show. Jesus. And people are still just like, OK, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, so after they changed the explanation to training exercise, 
They also changed their explanation of what type of explosive was found. Because at first, everyone acknowledged the RDX thing. But then they changed their position and said it was a combination of aluminum powder, saltpeter, mostly sugar, and TNT. And David Satter, who is a journalist and one of the few people who have been reporting on this since it happened, who is still alive. Mm -hmm. He wrote a... Must be a bad reporter. Yeah, exactly. He wrote a really great article for the National Review, which we'll talk about again later. But his theory is that they changed the explanation of what the explosives were because they were going to have to explain how that much RDX left the facility where it's made because, fun fact about RDX, it's made in one factory in Russia. One FSB-controlled factory in Russia. And you can't go down to the corner store and pick up a set, you know. Yeah, and they had to come up, if this was a training exercise, like, they would have to explain, well, do you have a record of removing all of this RBX from the facility? Mm. So instead, they just say, no, it's sugar. Yeah. And if you Google pictures of this bomb that was found or watch that documentary, that is not sugar. It looks like fucking uranium. It's yellow, for one thing, which is not uh, normally a characteristic of sugar. (laughs) And the explosives expert who defused the bomb, he, I was skeptical when I first heard traces of RDX, because, like, I wouldn't expect traces to be enough to build a bomb. But the way you test these things is you use a gas analyzer that just kind of measures what's emanating from that bomb and tells you what chemicals are in it. Yeah. And people were like, well, your your analyzer could have malfunctioned. And he was like, this is a $20,000 piece of equipment that we have... If RDX is only made in one factory, it's got to <laughs> yeah. have a pretty you know, unique chemical yeah. signature. And he was like, we have a guy whose only job is to keep this fucking unit working. Every time we use it, he recalibrates it. It did not malfunction. Yeah. And he eventually changes his story. But that's a big characteristic of this thing. Everyone eventually changes their story. Yeah. Or they get murdered. It's like, yeah, do you want to be right or have to play with your grandkids? You yeah. Know? It's kind of one of the two in Russia. <laughs> and that incident basically, uh, well, let's talk about Alexei Pinyayev. Pinyayev first? He, in March 2000, Russian newspaper Novaya Gazeta reported the account of Private Alexei Pinyev of the 137th Regiment who guarded a military facility near the city of Ryazan. And he reported that he was surprised to see that a, quote, storehouse with weapons and ammunition contained sacks with the word sugar on them. And (laughs) this is the point where this turns into just good old Russian comedy yeah because there's a lot of things about this that it's almost funny how bad they fucked up in covering oh totally this yeah. up. it's like would you just put like the, the just like big backstory materials you know and yeah. bold on the sack like. <laughs> and so the i say this is the point where it gets funny because he and another paratrooper seeing a bunch of bags of sugar Decide to cut one open and make tea. Yeah. And use the sugar. Why not? To sweeten their tea. They won't miss it. 
And then they later realized they were drinking hexogen or RDX, which is hilarious. Uh, the chemical that was used to make all of these bombs. I gotta figure that is. I thought that was the traditional Russian sweetener. It's just a <laughs> civil unrest. Just I think it's aftershave. In. Yeah. <laughs> They uh, have you ever read about that? People in Russia drinking aftershave because it's is that like a Vice documentary? Like you won't believe how Russian street youths are getting high these days. It probably is now, but yeah. only because I wrote a cracked article about it like eight years ago. Oh, okay, and they, they had to catch up. And yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know that they but drink aftershave. They drink aftershave, and it's bottled in a way to make it look like something you would drink. Oh, is it one of these things like poppers are supposedly VCR cleaners, but they're actually for loosening your butthole? Yeah, okay, pretty much. But this is legit aftershave, and it will kill you, but people fucking drink it because it's cheaper than vodka, yeah. which I didn't think anything was cheaper than vodka in Russia. Yeah, that's, I thought that shit just came out of the tap. I thought there yeah. was a third knob. <laughs> <laughs> so after he tells this story to uh, Novaya Gazeta, FSB officers basically show up at the 137th Regiment and interrogate Pinyev, at which point he's allegedly told, you guys can't even imagine what serious business you've got yourselves tangled up in. I mean, why this guy's got hexogen shits, you know, he's trying to (laughs) metabolize explosives. And where it gets really creepy is Novaya Gazeta was later sued for insulting the honor of the Russian army since, according to them, there was no private Alexei Pinyev in their regiment. Just photoshopped, photoshopped him out of that Stalin picture. And he go, he like he gives a press conference after this. Well, yeah, it's the, well, the journalist is like, uh, well, what about the sugar? You know, like, what sugar? And he's like, the sugar that was right there. And then they're like, what journalist? You know, <laughs> and then people start asking. They're like, what, what are you even talking about? Is that, you know? Yeah, it's crazy how bad they were at covering this up and how they just got away with it. But would it happen here? Like, would Americans believe Trump planned a series of apartment bombings to get reelected? At this point, no one believes anything anymore. And it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, is it bad that we can't agree on any kind of like universal narrative? It doesn't seem like there's anything that's universally true anymore. Or is it good that at least people are skeptical and taking some sort of investigative you know like motivation to, to do something or learn more or get more yeah. and it's just like i don't know man maybe that some people would some people <laughs> wouldn't i don't think and, and we're, we're not on the same page about fucking why the sky is blue anymore we all read that it was scattered light in fourth grade but yeah it's just gay globalist yogurt up there <laughs> Being being fucking chemtrail into our into our skies and it's like who knows definitely they got this shit right under the wire of like the internet if you're gonna pull this oh off. yeah for sure you know yeah they did it at the perfect time we got to do this before texting becomes widely adopted <laughs> if anyone wants to really look into this there's an article on nationalreview.com called the unsolved mystery behind the act of terror that brought Putin to power and you can it's free on their website it's written by a journalist named David Satter who is legitimately the last journalist standing who's still reporting on this. This article came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. He's been covering this since 1999 when it happened. By the time he at one point testified in front of the House Intelligence Committee Mm -hmm. in 2007, he says in the beginning of his article, by that point, he was the only person alive Still talking about this, which is uh pretty. But sp- it's some like real like Egyptian curse of the uh, artifact and the pyramid type. Yeah, shit, you yeah. Know? And if you read, there's so many more details in his article. He talks about the police sketch, which is one of the craziest parts of the story. Basically, 
they went to the landlord of this Ryazan building and asked who was renting that space down there. And the guy gave them a composite sketch, but then he gave it to the police and then the police just replaced it with a different sketch <laughs> of some other dude who eventually is the, the guy we mentioned in the beginning, yeah. who is still at large. They've never caught him. Uh, he was Chechen. And they were like, yeah, this guy did it. And they just produced this completely different sketch. Yeah, like whatever the stereotypes of Chechen features are like, yeah, nice ch- sketch. But he needs to have the, <laughs> the str- like, you know, you see like a Roman that Billy nose. Goat beard. Yeah, exactly. He's got a, <laughs> and he's got a, a, the Our Heart Chechnya t-shirt. You could have missed it. I understand in the moment. And this David Satter at one point starts looking into whether that first sketch was ever like duplicated released or, you know, like before. Because there is that lag time where the government was still saying it was a terrorist attack that was thwarted. Mm -hmm. So he's like, maybe that first police sketch did get out. And he finds it. And it looks exactly like the uh, one of the FSB agents who was eventually arrested. And so that like that alone, just replacing a police sketch. That's that's such blatant cover up shit. Oh, totally. But I think you're right. It was. The internet, so word wasn't going to get around that fast. Yeah, and it, and you really had to go like go down to the precinct to be like, "Can I see that sketch?" And they're like, "What's yeah. your name again? Where do you, <laughs> Where live? Do you live?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's he calls the Russian apartment bombings the greatest political provocation since the burning of the Reichstag. Ooh, remember that one? Ah, we do from yeah. a couple weeks back when we first started talking about. False flag operation. Seems like we've been talking about them forever. <laughs> oh, when's it going to end? I hope this summer never ends, Adam. <laughs> it ends next week with part two of our episode about Sandy Hook. Yes. Another, probably not a false flag operation. Yeah. I, I When I went to Ireland, <laughs> I had a tour guide named Robbie. Uh-huh. And uh, this dude was just like, he's like, he had this very cute, like, oh, chitoy, 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 chitoy. And he's just like, oh, yeah, New York, Obama goes on there with his crocodile tears to try to take your guns away after he <laughs> shot those kids. And we're all like, whoa, dude, just tell me about the ring of Kerry, bro. I want to show me where the waterfalls are and shit. Jesus I want Christ. That, I want that version of the conspiracy where Obama shows up personally to shoot the kids. Dressed as the Joker and just fucking <laughs> lets loose. Yeah, exactly. That's what that meme of Obama as the Joker is from. He actually showed up at Sandy Hook and did that yeah if you're gonna kill yeah you know go all out so he like i said also rightfully points out that four different people investigating fsb involvement in the russian apartment bombings were killed between 2003 and 2006 yeah and remember that uh in the run-up to the election when trump was there was an interview and he was saying all these nice things about putin and I don't remember who it was. Probably someone awful like Matt Lauer. Yeah. But it was simpler times. And, back he, and then. he was just like, uh, "No, he's a better leader than our president." I like yeah. that whole interview with all those poll lines. And and the interviewer was like, "You know, he kills journalists too." And Trump was just like, "Yeah, we probably kill people sometimes too." Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> oh, that's very grim. That is. Uh, that well, that was before. Yeah. But good he, thing he'll never get elected. Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like, "Yeah, I don't know, what the fuck do you think? Do you think we're so good or we're so innocent?" And it's just like. 
This is a great Dave Chappelle bit where he's just like, he's talking about how scary his briefings are. He's like, you're not supposed to tell us that, you know? That's like, <laughs> your kid aside and be like, I'm three months behind on the rent and I am worried, you know? <laughs> it's the same thing with just like, what the fuck is this dude like peeling back? You, you're not even pretending anymore. There's yeah. not even the facade of like our own like civic greatness. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're probably just as bad. Yeah. And how depressing is it that we didn't even need a Russian apartment bombing to bring Trump to power. We just voted for him. No, no, just one yeah. one one lady in a pants who was doing her best and we're just like, not for us, thank you. She's boring. Oh my God, we're doomed. <laughs> it's great. So let's talk about the people who were killed trying to investigate this. Yes, let's. Uh one was Sergei Yushenkov. He was a liberal Russian politician and vice chairman of the Sergei Kovalev Commission which was formed to investigate the bombings. So this is like if the CIA murdered the Warren Commission. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah, if, 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 everyone, if uh, every Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee just <laughs> woke up and got hexagen poisoning. <laughs> he was murdered on April 17th, 2003, just hours after registering his political party to participate in the December 2003 parliamentary elections. Oh, convenient. Probably, I'm assuming, was going to run at least on a platform of, hey, your president committed an act of terror to get elected. Yeah, it might have come up. Yeah. You know, I, mean, these, I mean, I know Russian political uh, you know, campaigns are pretty civil, but I mean, he might have <laughs> at least you know, made a note of it. We did an episode, it's already out, it's been out for a few weeks, about the upcoming Russian elections. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy about those is, in reading that, you go into it thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to read about crazy-ass Putin and a bunch of other really moderate people that should probably have the job over him. Nope. It's just Putin and a lot of other Putins below him yeah, yeah, who yeah. are like, you're not mean enough to the United States. <laughs> like, he's the moderate in that country. Oh, my God. It's so That's fucking metal. Like, Everything is just yikes. <laughs> like, we called the episode, Would You Vote for Putin? Because by the end, I was like... I think yes. I'm voting for Putin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so I, he's, funny. He's our best option right now oh, yeah. in the United States because everyone else, their stance, like even there's a guy who was running against him who basically they put him in jail and banned his party from participating. And he's like painted as Putin's main rival. And as an American, you hear that and go, oh, OK, so that's the liberal guy. No, no. He's much... He he thinks Putin is too nice to the West. Yeah, the, Putin is like a, a fascist in a tie, and he's just like, yeah. no, I'm going to full army uniform. What the <laughs> hell? What are, we, what are we dressing this shit? I want 55 medals across my chest that mean nothing. What are you guys? Let's stop with this pussy shit. This is yeah. not the Russia I grew up with. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Speaking of terrifying, let's talk about Yuri. Oh, don't even. Come on. Shit, whatever the sauce from Rick and Morty was. <laughs> Sheko chick him. Yuri Sheko Chikin. Russian guy. False flag better. Sorry. He was a journalist for Novaya Gazeta who was investigating the bombings, which it should be pointed out, that's the only like that's it in Russia that's in the terms of that, like, publications out, yeah. that aren't like state sponsored or state controlled. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if people realize how close we are to that. Oh, just because they, they, they're owned by so few companies. Yeah, the in the, the mergers. And that's like the whole thing is just like, we're going to make this cool underground news source, like Vice or something. And it's like, that's just to get it big enough so we could sell it to Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. And then I can go fuck people on a yacht. You know, yeah, and then just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to shit. Like, 
Yeah, half the time when I see people complaining about independent media going down, it's like they're not independent. Like you're yeah. talking about people that sold out to bigger companies. That's like saying like, oh man, all of our all our local record stores are like, no, Hot Topic had to close down in your mall because there wasn't <laughs> enough goths in North Dakota. It's yeah. just it's the same shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like you, you think about creepy as like state-run magazines. Like imagine reading. The United States government presents Reader's Digest or something. Even it's like sort of like Highlights Magazine or whatever. Yeah. Like, just it's fucking odd to think about that shit. And it's it feels like where we're headed, though. Yeah. Uh, especially with libel laws. Like the, the thing about Novaya Gazeta, they mention in that documentary, this uh, one of the editors is showing all of these articles that they've written. And he was like, to us, everything we've published is grounds for criminal charges against the Putin administration. Yeah. And he goes, but instead, we're being sued for libel. And how often does Trump talk about that? Oh, all the time. All the time. It's his whole thing. He's and, just like trying to prime us for, for for some kind of move in that in that direction. Yeah. Like in that once that happens, we're well, it's even, we're in a bad way. Like even like little shit like this, like I'm sure you know, Patreon will find a, a new parent company and Get sold out from under him, and then some shareholder will d- incorporate with you know Lionsgate, yeah. and then they'll be like, mm, "This isn't sympatico. We don't need your you know f- fucking twelve hundred patrons a month and that badly." So you're fucking you're out. Like yeah. it's, it's fucking terrifying. I do have a contingency plan for when that happens. Oh yeah, Patreon. No, there is a WordPress plugin that I could set all this shit up on. Oh yeah, use myself. It's like that's a, very smart. The plugin is one hundred and twenty dollars. There's a hosting service that's fifteen dollars a month, but lets you host as much content as you want and as many different shows as you want. Ooh. And yeah, I would if I have thought about that. If oh, something sure. ever yeah, happens, yeah. or like if. Fucking Josh Denny says something super racist on a podcast, <laughs> and Patreon's like, "Hey man, we can't let people keep giving you money. Yeah. It's making us look bad." I have a, I have a plan. There is, there is a Patreon which doesn't have the same integrated like create your own RSS feeds for your podcast type of functionality that Patreon yeah. has, but uh, it's supposedly hate speech protected. So it's been a big thing in the Mean Boys can to try to be beating Richard Spencer, <laughs> and we are, I think, by a couple hundred dollars. You still again. are. He's in like the high nine hundreds, and we're like eleven hundred right now. So nice. Keep fighting the good fight. But yeah, it is, it is, it is just like fucked up. We're just like, oh, like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. I thought it was just like a pun, and then I was like, oh, this is just for straight up Nazis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I wouldn't go the Patreon route. I would no. just set up the subscription thing on my own. No, totally. Which I might still do at some point, even if Patreon. Doesn't. Yeah, it's just a little firewall. Works. I mean, you're like a codehead. You know, you know, like you you know this shit. Yeah. All you do is research the best ver- like things on the internet. So you're just like <laughs> Adam knows. You're basically like Cipher from the Matrix. Yeah. I have plans. No, I know. I have plans for surviving the Trump administration. I really never doubt. I'm always just like, oh, Adam for sure has an earthquake kit and a shotgun under his bed <laughs> with a bunch of like fucking Mylar blankets and, and you know dog food for winter that's been vacuum compressed down to the size of a of a single grape, you know, and he just drops that in water. We have been talking about getting like I feel like we need that now. Like we've reached that point in American oh, history totally, where. Yeah. You're not crazy anymore if you have a stockpile of bottled water in your closet. I had, I listened to one AM radio show and I was like, I need to get a shotgun <laughs> and a bunch of like Ritz crackers in in, yeah. in like a in, a in a fucking big Ziploc bag that I can munch on. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's, oh God. and I'm like, I fucking hate guns. I don't ever want to own a gun. You know? Yeah, it's just like, oh well, the Raiders are going to come to my house and try to take my shit after the earthquake, and then. <laughs> 
They're, they're, probably the actual Raiders. Yeah, too. probably actual the Oakland Raiders. Or if nothing else, Raiders fans. Raiders fans, yeah. I have a bit about this, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure someone in the Trump administration is going to be like, oh, California, I mean, the, the election's in a week. Let's go Let's go get a mole man that, we, that we've kept alive underneath the Pentagon for months. We'll, 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 go, we'll go pay him in sunlight to go drill under the Andreas Fault and <laughs> delocate everyone right before the election goes down so we, we win those votes because only Fresno is able to fucking get out to the ballot box. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. So let's talk about Yuri Shikokin, that guy. Yeah. Uh, he died suddenly in July 2003 <laughs> from a mystery illness. Probably nothing. On the eve of a trip to the U.S. to meet with the FBI. Just a social visit. Yeah, just, just you know, checking things out. You know, maybe. He was actually, I didn't include anything in the notes about this, but there was also a scandal Oh, it's got whale in the name. <laughs> I can't think of what it is. Oh. But it's basically a money laundering scandal. And mm-hmm. he was investigating that also and was going to New York to meet with the FBI to present evidence of Russian money laundering in the United States and probably also to mention what happened with Putin. Yeah. And then they're just like, nope. yeah. And he dies of a mystery illness. His medical documents. I'm sure this is completely normal, have been classified by the state. Of course, yeah. That's what you do when a journalist who has no relationship... Who's trying to, to expose you dies. Yeah. Is you use your authority to classify <laughs> his... Well, it's a mysterious illness. You don't want to, you don't want to cause a panic by realizing yeah, this Yeah, what guy if everyone thinks they're going to die that had way? had Russian super AIDS or whatever. <laughs> his symptoms did fit a pattern of poisoning by radioactive materials... Alexander, I knew I shouldn't have taken that pen from that guy in the suit. You know, I was glowing at the tip of it. I thought it was just to help you see in the dark. But Alexander Litvinenko claimed publicly that the killing was a politically motivated assassination. Hey, speaking of that guy, (laughs) let's talk about what happened to Alexander Litvinenko. This is maybe or Litvinenko. This might be the scariest one. Yeah. This guy is a former FSB agent who defected to England. He was given asylum in England uh, because he had accused his superiors in the FSB of assassinating Russian tycoon and oligarch Boris Berezovsky. I don't know what Boris did, but the FSB wanted him dead. Yeah, and this guy was trying to stick up for his boy. Yeah, Litvinenko was that hero that came out and said, hey, the FSB is going rogue again. Let's put a halt to it. Yeah. And he was arrested for that, but they later released him, at which point he fled to England, where he was granted asylum. So in England, he continues to speak out against Putin, and he really does a deep dive into these Russian apartment bombings. And he actually wrote the book, Blowing Up Russia, which is what that documentary we recommended is based on. Mm-hmm. I guess we could have just recommended the book, but I don't have that much faith in our listeners to want to read. Yeah, and that's a whole project. Yeah, and that documentary is only 42 minutes, baby. Oh, breeze through that thing. Blow through that. Just a fucking EpiPen of truth. <laughs> and so he wrote the book, Blowing Up Russia, that this documentary about the Russian apartment bombings is based on. He died in November 2006 after former FSB member Andrei Lugovoy allegedly slipped radioactive polonium-210 
into Litvinenko's tea at a cafe in London. You're just like, you seem really qualified to work at the Starbucks, sir. You're a <laughs> senior ranking member at the FSB. Fucking, am I, if I'm reading correctly, vice president of poisoning? <laughs> well, I mean, your credentials are certainly there, and we appreciate you trying to start a new career with us here at the Starbucks family. And it's like, oh, you quit after one week, and you took the yeah. apron. Nice. Okay. Like, that's so crazy, though, because yeah. he got away. He was in England, mm-hmm. and it like it reminds You're me. You're seeking of the, asylum. You're supposed yeah. to be asylumed. <laughs> it reminds me of the North Korea thing where they killed Kim Jong Un's was it cousin? Cousin? Yeah, yeah. Because they at didn't, an airport they didn't, in Malaysia. Just because on the off chance that someone was going to try to fly him back and set him up as the new figurehead that they could prop yeah. him up with, you know, after some kind of international bloody nose strike to you know overthrow everything. Be like, yeah. oh no, he's the true heir or whatever. Blah blah blah. But uh, they, they the fucking way they did that is so crazy. Yeah, it was. They set up a fake prank show. Yeah, they set up a fake prank show, and they used the kind of poison, I forget the name of it, that was very specifically like, oh, this is so you know North Korea did this shit. Yeah. Just as like a power move, almost. Yeah. And there's an aspect of this story that's kind of like that, too. Well, not Litvinenko, but I imagine, like, especially the fact... And this former FSB member has never been charged for this. No. England just did an investigation and decided, well, yeah, this guy definitely did it. But then he went back to Russia, and Russia obviously isn't going to extradite. Yeah, the one of their own fucking FSB. So they can be tried for a state-sanctioned assassination carried out on foreign soil. Yeah. Uh, So it's just kind of that's where we are. This guy, and the fact that he's even spies. You want to think spies are like we got to kill this guy before he kills us. He's like we got to kill this guy before he makes us look like a dick, so we can't kill other guys. Yeah, it's like. And you know, with it's him all being, just cover up for the cover up for the cover up. It's just fuck. With him being a former FSB member, I get the sense that these two probably just like met up for a drink. And oh, maybe, yeah, maybe he was. That's maybe that's how you get together. Maybe you're just like, hey man, I'm. I got some shit I got to tell you about. I'm not supposed to be here, but I mean, if you can, if you can meet me at the cafe, I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll slide you a flash drive, and you can hopefully get to the bottom of this. And then the flash drive accidentally falls in the tea, and he's like, "Whoa, oh, oops. yeah, yeah." And it's just you like, should drink it anyway. Just blow on this, <laughs> and then run away. Yeah, and and make sure I'm wearing gloves so that the polonium two ten doesn't soak into my pores <laughs> and give me fucking. That was a. I remember when this happened. Like it was a big story. Yeah, there were. It was all over the news. And I remember then people were like, yeah, Putin probably did it. But I didn't, I, I never looked into it enough to know why. Yeah, you and didn't know it was related to the I didn't uh, the realize it was related to this. And then there's one more, Anna Politkovskaya, who we've talked about on other podcasts before. We did an episode of What in the World about how hard it is to be a journalist in other countries. Yeah. And she's a good example of that. She was a journalist, writer, and human rights activist. She gained national attention for her reporting on the war in Chechnya, but also extensively covered the apartment bombings. The prequel. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the Phantom Menace to the war in (laughs) Chechnya. And she was basically terrorized for most of her professional career. Yeah. At one point, she was arrested by Russian military forces and subjected to a mock execution. Like, that is insane. Yeah, it's like childishly inhumane yeah. to just be like, we're going to put a bag on your head and then, ah, it's a surprise. Yeah, and it's just them going, hey, we can do this at any time, yeah. so maybe shut up. And she and didn't like, shut up. At this up. point, we've killed three people and we try to keep it at three cover-up murders <laughs> for every false flag, and you're just like, oh, we'll make it four. We don't give a <laughs> fuck, but I'm just telling you so you know. And she kept reporting. So the next thing they did was they tried to poison her on a flight 
and it they ended up just diverting the flight back to Russia, and she was in the hospital for a while, but yeah. also didn't kill her. She survived. She keeps reporting. Finally, finally, in October of 2006, October 7th, 2006. Charlie Brown kicks the football. <laughs> she was killed in a contract execution on October 7th, 2006. Five men were arrested, but it's never been revealed who ordered and paid for the killing. But it's worth noting, the murder happened on Vladimir Putin's birthday. So me and your cabinet got together, <laughs> and I know you don't like gifts, but we got you something, and we think you like it. Don't worry, we didn't pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> Human life is you the cheapest resource <laughs> in Russia. So there's all of that when it comes to the Russian apartment bombings. And there's one last thing, if... If all of this isn't proof enough that yeah. the FSB was probably complicit in this and had some advanced knowledge, on September 13th, just hours after the second explosion in Moscow... Because it's worth noting, and, and you might have forgotten, this is the fifth one. This is the one that they prevented, and right. it's much less all the sketchy shit that was going on with the first four. Yeah, and the first four all used the same type of explosive, which yeah. was only produced in a government lab controlled by the FSB. Oops. Which I don't think they ever expected that information to come out. Yeah. I think it was when that bomb, that fifth one got thwarted and that guy tested it before they could get there. Yeah, with the $20,000 yeah. machine that was broken. That That's... was his whole life's work to maintain and operate and use. <laughs> exactly. And again, it's you got your fingerprints all over. It's like if you're leaving someone creepy, if, it's like T-Pain threatening to rape you, but he's odd. Auto- tuning himself, you know, where it's like, okay, Mr. Payne, I mean, this is your ex-girlfriend and you're, you're calling cards all over this shit. <laughs> exactly. And it, so if, if all of that, the fact that they got caught planting the fifth bomb, literally, yeah. FSB got caught planting the fifth bomb. Hobo, hand on the windowsill, the hook moment. Yeah, yeah. Like even then, if you're one of those Occam's razors fucks, you have to assume that the person who got caught planting the fifth bomb planted the first four. Yeah. Like, that is the most obvious conclusion He's gotten good possible. at it. You know, he's had, he's had plenty of practice. Yeah. I wouldn't want to change up the staff. It's going <laughs> so well. And so if, if all of that doesn't convince you that the FSB knew about this, uh, consider this. On September 13th, just hours after the second explosion in Moscow, Russian Duma speaker... Gennady Seleznyov, whatever, of the Communist Party made an announcement. Quote, I have just received a report. According to information from Rostov on Don, an apartment building in the city of Volgodonsk was blown up last night. Now, here's the thing. He's right that an apartment building in the city of Volgodonsk was blown up. It's just that it happened three days after he said this. Oh, so good. <laughs> like, that is Keystone Cops bullshit. Man. Yeah, that's a Reno 911 false flag. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. And when at one point he got... Uh, oh, I didn't read the first part of this note. I was passed. <laughs> he got questioned about this by a reporter in public, and they just turned the reporter's microphone off <laughs> and refused to answer the There's question. There's just a guy that stands behind every politician with a pair of garden shears where he's just like, snip! <laughs> Get a new XLR cable and shut the fuck up. Like, how the fuck do you announce the bombing three days in advance and then go, no, we had no idea. Yeah. Just, 
what? Just goes down the memory hole. It's Winston Smith's job. You know? <laughs> it's fucking what? It was a, two plus two is five, bitch. So. Shut up and eat your turnip stew. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Russian apartment bombings. And good reminder at this point. The guy who pulled that off is in charge of the largest nuclear arsenal in the world. Yeah, people forget Even bigger than ours. Yeah, Russia's got more shit than us. Yeah, Yeah. just barely, but they have more. Have you ever looked into the drop-off between, like, it goes Russia, like 7,000, U.S., like 6,900. England is like 432 or something. France is third, and they have like 215. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we're going to dominate if that war ever breaks out. Well, yeah, and dominate what? Fucking... Yeah. Breathable oxygen, you know, the sunlight reaching the surface of the earth and in, in light of these clouds of debris and fucking human remains blocking out the sun. Oh, so sleep easy, America. Yeah. That, that guy is now Good thing he's using got- our president as a puppet for his own means. Yeah, Maybe. Ironic that, that America will end up being Jeff Dunham. But <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny to be ventriloquisted. Jalapeno on a stick. How does he get away with that? Like that's oh, just vaguely racist, abject racism. I yeah, don't know, man, it's fuck. He's not saying it; it's the puppet saying it. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So yeah, that's the Russian apartment bombings. Definitely read that National Review article. And yeah, it's probably the only time I'll ever recognize, uh, recommend everything, anything written on National Review. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, Let's hear you, little queer. <laughs> that's, that, that's his shit, right? That's uh, who. Oh fucking guy, the Gore Vidal guy, William. No, 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 fucking William F. Buckley. That's oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole fucking neocon thing. It's kind of like what uh, what Infowars and Fox News it was to Trump. This is what that was to Reagan. That was kind of his uh, his Infowars yeah. was National Review. At least that's my understanding of it. Yeah, could be. But they're definitely right about Going the Russian apartment bombs. The goddamn face. Yeah, <laughs> no, they certainly are. And this is guy yay. So this episode comes out. We only do this podcast so other people have to know this shit. We don't have to bear the burden of being freaked yeah, out alone. Yeah. I, I like to just unload this on other people. Yeah. And that's why I started this network. It makes me a real hoot at dinner parties. <laughs> where they're just like, what have you been up to? And I was like, oh, just really getting to the bottom of aliens. Uh, I don't know. Let me show you something that the Secretary of Defense of America in the 20th century said about this shit. And they're like, oh, so do you don't want a crab cake? Not, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. It's, yeah. it's interesting talking to people about that because I feel like, you know, I research this all the time. We, I can talk about this with anyone. Oh, of course, yeah. And you bring it up and people are like, ooh. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, most people just don't want to know. I don't even really want to know, but yeah. I kind of know. Once you know a little bit, you're like, I should get the whole picture here. Yeah. Uh, so we should wrap it up. This is coming out two weeks from now, so... I know you have a whole host of plugs. I don't know what I got going on. Darkest Hour at the Westside Comedy Theater. Darkest Hour, show. second Friday of every month at the Westside Comedy Theater. Uh, live podcast last Saturday of the month at the Hollywood Hotel. Maybe. Let's <laughs> see if I want to keep that going. Yeah, well, well for me, I, uh, I'm, I'm fixing on my website, so I'll actually have, like, I realize, like, I'll plug these shows. I'm like, I never actually put a link to get tickets or anything, but... In Oklahoma, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of February, uh, come out there. Uh, in Arizona, the 23rd and 24th of February, headlining comedy off Main Street, and I want to say Mesa. Then I'm at the Gateway Show at a big theater in San Francisco, uh, February 25th. That's going to be a banana show. I'm going to have to get high and perform in front of a, a shitload of people, and that's going to go very badly, and you'd be you'd be wise to attend. Yeah, I think that's going to go bad. Yeah, certainly. I'm not good at, I don't not like smoking pot. And uh, one, one local one headlining the Ontario Improv, uh, March 20th at 8. That's always a fun time. It's my, uh, it's my home club. I started out there, and uh, I always love coming back. So. It's my birthday. March 20th? Yep. No shit. 
Go celebrate my birthday at the Ontario Improv, watching Conor McSpadden tell jokes. I can't think of a better I don't way. Hang out unless you want to kill a journalist that's been that's been fucking with Adam, which is oh yeah, what yeah. me and me and me and Chet and everyone else are going to chip in and do for you. <laughs> um, all right, let's get the fuck out of here, Connor. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.